Welcome back to the OML Podcast. I'm Mike Fina, Executive Director of the Oklahoma Municipal League. The unfortunate theme of most of our episodes this year have centered around COVID-related issues, and today is no different. But the discussion will be about a critical issue, and that's the impact COVID has had on local businesses in Oklahoma municipalities. Small businesses are vital to the American economy. They employ 60 million people, which is almost half the nation's private sector workforce. They generate tax revenues that fund public safety, schools, parks, and other municipal services, and bring local color to their communities. This is particularly important in Oklahoma since municipalities are funded solely on sales tax. But Main Street is in trouble thanks to COVID. It's dealing body blows to owners, workers, landlords, and municipal budgets. The Payroll Protection Program supplied almost $700 billion to help small businesses impacted by COVID, but that hasn't been enough to stem the closings. Nearly 1.4 million small businesses either closed or suspended operations in the three months that ended in June 2020. Those figures represent small businesses making $10 million in annual sales or less. Economic experts expect that 4 million small businesses could be forced to shut down permanently this year. That represents 13% of the more than 30 million small businesses that operate nationwide, according to the Small Business Administration. At the beginning of the pandemic, my message to municipalities was get lean and get ready because we're going to get hit hard in the sales tax collections. My prophecy was only partly true. Some communities were hit hard financially, but others excelled. There were some reasons for that variation. It really depends on what kind of businesses you have in your community. Grocery and home improvement stores drove municipal economies, but the common factor for every city and town was that Main Street took the biggest hit. The unfortunate truth is that some businesses that we have come to know and love just won't be there in 2021. Municipalities can learn from the pandemic and protect themselves for the future, but we have to better understand the dynamics of retail development. That's why I've I've invited today's guest to the podcast. Aaron Farmer is the president of The Retail Coach. It's a national retail consulting, marketing, research, and development firm. Their recruitment list is filled with the most desirable businesses that every municipality wants to see in their community. Aaron does an incredible job for municipalities across the entire nation. And not only does he understand how retail development works, he also knows how to get it done. So we're happy to have him today. Welcome, Aaron, to the podcast. Yeah, Mike, thanks for thanks for the invite. Uh, excited about this. Excited to talk retail with you and, uh, you know, excited to see where the retail industry is headed. So uh, thanks again for the invite. Yeah, you and I uh, had a... Uh, pretty great conversation earlier this week about just retail development in Oklahoma and Texas, also kind of regional, and that that kind of spurred the idea that, hey, this is something that we really need to be talking about right now, and and that now's the time. You know, you're right. Uh, You know, whether you listen to the media or not, there's, there's this term out there, the retail apocalypse. And, you know, we were talking about the retail apocalypse, uh, really going back a couple of years with the, you know, e-commerce and, and, and uh, online sales and, and those sort of things taking over. But it's it's almost accelerated that that conversation about the, the retail apocalypse with with the coronavirus and, and COVID-19 and how that's impacted small businesses and, and large businesses. So, you know, I, I'm excited to, to talk to you today because it that's not it's not a retail apocalypse what's happening is the retail industry is just changing and as municipal leaders we have to really understand those changes and really kind of get ahead of that 
um, because retail in 2021 and beyond is going to be different than what we were used to. So being able to help existing businesses, uh, being able to recruit national businesses, um, those things are still going to happen. Retail is not going away. Brick and mortar retail is not going away. It's just the industry is is going about quite a few changes right now. Yeah, it, it, I, I feel that same way. And, and we're in an interesting time because we are in the thick of the holiday shopping season. So uh, a couple of numbers here. So since we're getting close to the end of this uh, holiday push, according to the National Retail Federation, we're on track to spend about $660 billion this, this holiday season. Uh, which is actually up from last year, but the problem for our Main Street businesses is that those that there's a significant increase in online purchases, uh, up to about 30% of those. Uh, does this give you much concern for for future retail development? You know, you're right. Uh, people are spending more online right now, and you know, again, COVID kind of accelerated that. Uh, prior to February March time period when we all started to when COVID became a, a household name, uh, COVID-19, we, you know, the retail industry was pretty good. The, the, the e-commerce sales were picking up, but what's happened is those e-commerce sales have accelerated over the last eight or nine months. And it, it does cause a little bit of concern for small businesses um, in that many small businesses are not set up for e-commerce. Um, you know, they're not selling to the outside world uh, via, via the internet. Most of them or many of them are just selling in their stores and downtowns or, or, or different areas throughout Oklahoma. So it does give a little bit of concern. However, I think there's an opportunity and this is this is really opened up an opportunity that if you're a small business or you have small businesses in your community, they need to embrace this. They need to embrace e-commerce sales because it's not going away. Um, you know, there's an opportunity, I, I think, of some success stories or case studies that, that we've worked with some small businesses that they, you know, they signed up with Shopify or they signed up with Square, some of these point of sale e-commerce platforms, and you know, they've, they've doubled their sales, tripled their sales because they're getting outside of their you know, typical community sales that they were used to and selling across the nation. So it does give a little bit of concern, but again, I think there's optimism um, that if these small businesses will take this on, they, they can actually increase their sales. So um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a little concerning that it jumped to 30% uh, e-commerce sales, but the good news is we're expecting that to level off and actually probably decrease in the next few years. So e-commerce is not going away. Those sales aren't going away, but we're not going to be at 30% every single year. So um, I, I think that's some, some good things we can look at moving forward. So that's a good point. I, something I had in my notes here that you, you touched on that I really want to talk about. Uh, we, we have learned things from COVID in, in every area, especially in municipal government. And I assume that in that retail sales, that that's the same thing. And we've actually, as consumers, have learned some new things. Curbside pickup, uh, delivery options. I can't count how many times uh, Postmates has been to, to my house during <laughs> COVID. Yeah. And I never used Postmates once before. Uh, I was evidently living in the dark ages. Uh, so what do you see? What did we learn? What should we take away from this and, and how can that Im improve our retail sales? Well, what we learned is, is retail is changing. And again, I, I think I said this before, but what we knew of retail the last five, 10 years, is, it's going to be different going forward in 2021. So, you know, whether you're a restaurant or a retailer, there's changes coming. So from a restaurant standpoint, expect to see expanded outdoor seating at, at most locations. Um, 
expect to continue to see socially distanced environments for the foreseeable future. Um, expect to see limited menus or hands-free menus. Have, you know, Mike, have you been to a restaurant lately where you have to scan the QR code just to get the menu? I um, have last night, actually. <laughs> exactly. I, I, in fact, I, we were in, we drove into Austin to do some Christmas shopping last night and we went to eat at the Cheesecake Factory. And just, just like in many restaurants at the Cheesecake Factory, you have to scan the, uh, you know, the, the QR code to get your menu. Um, I, I thought it was funny, but you don't have, they actually bring you uh, an actual menu for the kids menu. So, um, you know, the adults are scanning, but the kids get their own menu. So I, th I thought that was kind of funny, but expect those sort of things to happen. Curbside and pickup is not going away. The, the delivery aspect of it, expect that to continue from a restaurant standpoint. Um, it's not going away. In fact, as municipal uh, leaders, we're going to have to start looking at you know, our parking requirements in our community, you know, um, more, more parking spots, more designated curbside areas, more delivery type areas, you know, more room for drive-throughs. Uh, you know, I was in a, I was on a call with um, a broker for Olive Garden and um, just a couple of weeks ago, and he said that Olive Garden is considering drive-throughs at their locations. So it's not just the fast food retailers or fast food restaurants that are, that are looking at, you know, extended drive-throughs and those sort of things, but it's it, it's those those types as well. Uh, the the larger, more casual sit-down restaurants. Now, from a retail retail side of things or retailer side of things, expect to continue store pickup to be to be a big thing. Um, you, you probably have noticed it if you go to some of the larger retailers, whether it's you know Walmart, Costco, Target. They they have some pretty expanded curbside pickup areas. Um, it, it's convenient. You know, my wife and I do that just because we don't want to drag our three kids into the store every time. So I think that's going to be something that that continues going forward for retailers is more of the curbside and, and, and pickup type options and also delivery more more, you know, same day delivery where you're going to see out of a retailer, an employee driving that to your to your home or wherever that delivery is going. So I expect those to be some of the trends that we see going forward here that really just stick, not just in 2021, but just you know, for the foreseeable future, um, whether we're still dealing with, dealing with COVID-19 or not, those are probably going to stick going forward. Yeah, it, it's interesting. There's a couple of, of uh, businesses that I have used a lot with their with their curbside pickup, um, Home Depot and Best Buy. Yep. And both those companies improved so much from day one of COVID to now. And I, I kind of see it as th those are definitely going to be around. It almost looks like they're preparing for it to be around because the areas that they're setting up for curbside delivery look a lot more permanent than they did on day one. So absolutely, I, many, many retailers um, and restaurants for that matter, they're investing a lot of money um, in these curbside delivery. Um, you know, even some of these partnerships, you mentioned Postmates, but there's other partnerships out there. Faber is one of them. Um, Uber, Uber Eats. There's a number of these partnerships that are out there. And even though many of these retailers and restaurants, they, they've not hit their sales numbers. They, they've struggled during this time. They're, they see that's the future. That's why they're investing that, that money they do have into these different areas. Yeah, I think Postmates pro and um the other one escapes me and I've used it too. I, I think they actually kept our restaurant, um, some of our local restaurants afloat during this. And, and I know they didn't save them and we still have a long ways to go, but, but that was a bit of a blessing for them. So let, 
let's uh, let's jump into a couple other uh, topics here. So uh, it looks like I just the latest news is that Congress is poised to pass another stimulus package. Uh, other than it not including any direct government local government funding, we're a little we're a little bit hot about that. But uh, there's a lot of other good things in it. The rest of the program looks like it's going to be pretty good for businesses and especially retail businesses. They should they're going to extend the payroll protection uh, program. They're going to actually expedite the forgiveness from both rounds. They're talking about direct payments. I think the direct uh, direct payments are they agreed finally on six hundred dollars. Uh, per individual, and I think those are two important things for um, for municipal governments and for retail business because the one thing that we have seen in uh, when when there is some kind of stimulus that is a direct payment, uh, it's usually going to the to the middle class tax bracket and and the lower income tax bracket, and those those are the people that tend to take that money immediately and go spend it somewhere. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, but I'm also kind of curious from your take from a retail developer, how do you see this impacting retail business? I mean, I, I was uh, watching the news last night and I, I heard uh, a couple of the senators say that they're, they're on the one yard line. They're, they're close to, to passing this, this new bill or this new stimulus package. So I think we're close. Um, you know, I haven't I haven't taken a, a deep dive into everything that's included in that package. But, you know, you mentioned the extension of the PPP and the and expediting the forgiveness from the first round. You know, I, I think that's going to help specifically the small businesses, the local businesses. I mean, we're we go out across the country um, a lot in Oklahoma, a lot in Texas, a lot across the region. And we're talking to these small businesses and many of them are just hanging on. They're, you know, they, they say we've got three months left or we've got six months left. So I think what this is going to do with the extension of the PPP, the extension extension of some of these loans that they're going to put out there, you know, zero percent interest loans and, and many times grants. I think that's going to save some of those small businesses and, and help them to hang on a little bit longer. So um, I think it's a good thing that, it, that it's happening. Um, you know, we with the direct payments to the to the individuals, I think it's six hundred dollars, if I'm not mistaken, to the to the individuals that they're planning right now. Um, I, I know the retail industry is excited about that because, uh, you know, typically when we get those six hundred dollars uh, payments or whatever that stimulus payment is, we're out there spending it. You know, whether it's buying a big screen TV or buying something we actually need, we're, we're out there spending it from you know, from at, at retailers and restaurants. So um, I think the retail industry as a whole looks to this as a, as a good thing. Uh, I mean, obviously they're devoting a lot of money to this. I, I too would have liked to have seen more direct funding to the local governments, um, but but that was taken out of there, it's not included. So um, it, it's frustrating, but I think this will, you know, especially with, with vaccines coming out and, and having to build herd immunity and those sort of things, it's not gonna happen overnight. You know, COVID-19 is gonna be with us for, for a good amount of time. But if we can just help these businesses stay, uh, kind of hold on, if that makes sense, for the for the foreseeable future, um, I think really the, the small businesses are gonna are gonna benefit the most from this. I you and I are one hundred percent on the same page on that that issue, but also especially you know, more money to local governments. We all want that. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, in, in May, economic experts were anticipating about a 10% decline in retail sales for, for 2020, uh, but a, a, a greater decline for our actual our brick and mortar stores at about 14%. Now that we're getting to the end of this horrible year, uh, do you think those projections are still accurate? 
I will, let me start by saying this. This has been the hardest year to project, obviously, what, what what's going to happen in the retail industry. Because just when you think something good's happening, something else is thrown out there um, that just kind of messes with the with the industry or, or, or those sort of things. So I think their numbers are pretty close. Um, you know, they like you said, they originally uh, were at uh, 10% decline across, across the board there. What's helping and why that's not a, a larger decrease is, again, online spending people are spending a lot of money online um 14 for brick and mortars it'll pro that's probably a pretty accurate number if i had to guess the only the only thing that i'm curious about and waiting to see is we're expecting a pretty strong uh holiday christmas shopping season i, I don't know if you noticed this mike or if you did much shopping and even like towards october end of october and november these these retailers started their christmas season um a lot earlier I don't know if you've noticed some big discounts it's at a lot of these retailers a lot of these restaurants um, you know they, they just started earlier and because of that we're, we're actually expecting a pretty strong holiday season from retail sales so you know that 14% number is probably pretty correct it might be a little less than that just because depending on how well we've done in November and December which we haven't seen those numbers yet but um, I, I think it's probably pretty accurate I, I will tell you this I am expecting though um really things the retail industry to pick up pretty strongly uh starting in january starting you know first quarter second quarter i'll tell you there's a lot of pent-up demand there's a lot of money that hasn't been spent um that people have in their pockets that you know we're expecting just looking at different analysts and in, 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 in what we do we're expecting retail to still do pretty well um going forward here so might be a slow start to 2021 first quarter but expect that to ramp up and by third quarter, fourth quarter of 2021, we might be talking about one of the best retail years we've ever had. So well, I, uh, I like hearing that. That's good news. Yeah. Well, and I, my wife will be the first to say this, but I'm wrong a lot of times. So uh, <laughs> I say that I say that with an asterisk because who knows what's going to happen if if, yeah. if all this craziness that we've seen in 2020 ends up continuing into 2021, and and we're throwing another curveball. Who knows what'll happen? But most of the analysts and most of the projections are, are pointing towards a pretty strong 2021. Well, I, I hope that you are correct in your prophecy here because that would be great, not just for Oklahoma, but the country. We, we need business to come back stronger. So that, you know, one, let, let me add, if I can, real quick, you mentioned this in the kind of your intro there, but um, a lot of municipalities, a lot of uh, cities, they were cautious in their budgeting process and are, are still being cautious in their budgeting process because we weren't sure what, you know, how, how different communities would retail sales wise, sales tax wise, how they would do. But it's been interesting to see. And, and just something that I've noticed is if you're a rural or um, kind of suburban community, you've, you've actually fared pretty well um, throughout coronavirus. I mean, you're seeing increased retail sales in many cases. Um, the ones that have hurt the most are those urban communities and really those, those communities that are more of a destination. So where you're pulling, you know, people from out of state or you're pulling people from over 100 miles to come shop and eat in your community, those are the ones that have taken the strongest hit. So really the rural communities and uh, suburban communities have kind of been spared from this. And that's, that's not all, you know, rural and, and, and suburban communities, but for the most part, they've been spared from a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the craziness that's happened in the retail industry. And, and many of them, we're seeing increases in sales right now. Um, and, and I think the hope is that'll continue for those communities. 
That's a that's actually a really good segue into the next thing that I want to talk about because I want to talk about trends during COVID, uh, especially in retail sales. I know you guys love to focus on trends, and there were some interesting ones. Uh, so dining, we know just bottomed out, and and we kind of understand that. But and there and it's probably this makes sense. But grocery stores. Uh, their tax receipts were just out the roof and uh, and really helped a lot of our communities. Home improvement stores were were way up, uh, mostly because of me. And uh, but but our apparel industry took took a massive hit. These are pretty interesting trends when you look at it in the confines of, of COVID. Uh, what so now we're going to start balancing out. So what does recovery kind of look like for all of these sectors? Because there's going to be a you know. They peaked out in grocery sales and they peaked out in, in, in home improvement, but that's got to come back down, too. So there's going to be some adjustment there as well. So talk about the recovery part for, for retail businesses. So you're spot on. I mean, some of the sectors that did incredibly well during this time period have been home improvement stores and grocery stores. You know, we, I will tell you this, home improvement stores, it, we, we track a lot of these trends. And it, it's amazing as we graph you know, visits to these home improvement stores. I mean, there was a huge peak about that May time period where, I mean, many hardware, many home improvement stores were doing double what they did last year as far as sales and also people just walking into the stores. We're already starting to see that level off some. You know, people, if you think about when, when COVID hit really, or when we, we started having to deal with it, it was kind of March, April time period. So people were doing spring cleaning projects. So, you know, many people were working from home. So they were going to these hardware stores doing stuff, um, you know, even during the day. Um, to, to do that, they were, you know, just trying to fix up their, their houses and, and lawns and all of that. So we saw that big peak kind of around the April to May time period, really May, May, April, May, June time period, but it has started to level off. Now those numbers for home improvement are still up compared to last year, uh, for, for December that we're looking at November and December, but it is starting to level off. Um, same thing with grocery stores, you know, grocery stores, I will, I will tell you this prior to COVID. Many of the grocery stores were not expanding at all. They were dealing with already dealing with Amazon and uh, food delivery services and th those sort of things. So the grocery industry was struggling, um, especially the, the larger grocers were struggling um, as we were kind of getting this. But because of COVID and many restaurants being closed, uh, people starting to cook at home and do those sort of things, we saw a peak for grocery stores. Now, what's interesting is we're not seeing that peak go down. We're seeing that consistently for grocery stores, uh, you know, stick with it. So, I, you know, I expect to see more grocery development going on as, as we get into 2021, 2022. Um, but expect a lot of those large grocers to uh, not only have a, a grocery store, an in-person grocery store, but expect a lot of those delivery curbside pickups, those, those sort of things to continue uh, moving forward. Another trend I think we're going to see is more of the the smaller grocery stores coming in. So you know, the days of the 60 to 100,000 grocery store, 100,000 square foot grocery stores, I don't think they're going away, but I'm, we're starting to see some new models uh, from these grocery stores in that 20 to 40,000 square foot range. So um, that's something to kind of pay attention to moving forward. You, you mentioned this, but clothing took a hard hit. Um, you know, the the junior box stores, the a lot of the department stores. I mean, if, if you think about some of the ones that have announced closings recently, uh, Steinmart is one of them. Uh, if you're familiar with the Bells, uh, the Bells group, Bells closed every single store. Um, so 
the clothing has taken a hit. Um, expect to see less of the department stores going forward, which which I hate that. You know, the Dillards, the Macy's, the JCPenney's, they're struggling. But expect to see more of what we call the junior box retailers going forward. So your your Marshalls, your TJX, um, really the even the Coles, but in a smaller concept. Expect to see more of those moving forward, uh, just based on what what's happened recently uh, and what's going to continue to happen in the in the retail industry. That, that's interesting. I, and the apparel, I, I saw those stats, and I was really shocked. And it, I through this whole thing, I wasn't thinking about apparel, but it makes perfect sense looking back. That if you're at home, you're working. I did. I have a I have a thing where usually sometime around December and January, I I buy a new suit because I wear suits most of the year, especially during legislative sessions. So I always try and keep my suits fresh because I wear them out. This year, I didn't do that because I didn't wear my suits for the majority of last year. And that's, that's a pretty big purchase for me. And, and most people that have to wear, wear that kind of clothing, but you just yeah. didn't need it this year. Well, I'll, I'll have to find it and I'll send it to you. But I, I saw a study um, that looked at Walmart sales and it looked, I think it looked at Target and some other, other major retailers um, sales. And during, during the last eight to nine months, they've had a tremendous increase in selling uh, like dress shirts and dress coats and, and women's, you know, women's uh, attire. And, but what they haven't had an increase in, uh, so the tops, but the bottoms, they, they've seen a decrease <laughs> in people buying pants. So um, I, I, I crack up thinking about that. But if you think about it, you know, if you're on a Zoom call or you're working from home, uh, you know, the top up is what really matters, right? So, uh, I thought that was interesting. I'll have to find that study and I'll send it to you. But it, I, I, definitely, I saw that. <laughs> no, there's been times that uh, I mean, we've worked at home a lot, but but I've done the same thing where, you know, it, it looks very professional. It's what's like the old mullet joke. It's kind of business in the front party in the back. Well, it's a little different, but that was that's kind of how I operated during uh, during COVID. Well, so. Here's an interesting little fact for you. Um, so home office space. OK. So pre-pandemic, about 10 to 15 percent of homes had a dedicated home office. Now, what we're expecting post-pandemic is 75 percent of homes will have a home office. So that's going to impact the retail industry pretty, pretty dramatically as well, because many of these companies are really seeing that employees can work and they can they can do well working from home. Right. So we're expecting many of these larger uh, companies to allow people to work from home. If it's not the whole week, even just two days a week or, or, or something like that, where I think that's going to impact the retail industry is a big part of the, the restaurant industry. If they're looking to, to locate in a municipality or in a community, they they've got to have a strong daytime or lunchtime population. You know, they, they typically these restaurants know they can be successful in the evenings. But but they always are not sure about the lunchtime crowd. So I think this is something we got to pay attention to is there's going to be stronger daytime or lunchtime populations in many of your many of your communities in Oklahoma because people are working from home and maybe not driving into to Oklahoma City or not driving into Tulsa or some of these other areas. Um, so I think that's something we got to pay attention to is, you know, maybe if you're a municipality that in the past struggled recruiting restaurants you might have that opportunity now with with people staying at home for lunch. Does, does that make sense? Uh, perfect sense uh, that I, I know when, what little retail development uh, work that I've done, that that's a major part when you're especially putting in a big development that is anywhere near large uh, employment type businesses. Uh, 
factories or anywhere that has a big workforce, yeah. uh, that's a big key. And I can understand where if we're not having these large office complexes anymore, you're going to kind of take, you're going to have to reevaluate that part of the, the retail development process. That's an interesting point. I, that never dawned on me, yeah. but that's yeah. why you do this for a living. So you have to think about <laughs> yeah. these. You know, we, we are, we're looking at, you know, what are those trends going to be? And that's kind of a unique trend. Uh, but, but if you think about it, we're already seeing it, you know, people are home, uh, you know, for a while, you know, people that were working from home, uh, they were, you know, going to the grocery store and, you know, make a sandwich at home. But now we're seeing traffic pick back up at these restaurants and, you know, people get back out to the restaurants again during the day or during lunchtime. So it's going to be interesting to track this, you know, maybe the next six months to 12 months. In fact, you and I might have to do another follow up podcast if you'll have me, you know, oh, after, <laughs> after we're done with this pandemic. So we can look and see what how, what what have those trains or what have those trends look like and uh, kind of where we go from there. Yeah, I, I I do. We we are certainly going to follow up on it. So you're you're the president of the re, uh, the retail coach, and you guys have a very uh, uh, we, we've worked with you guys, so I know your process. Uh, I was looking at some things getting prepared for this discussion with you. Uh, you have a very uh, I I look at it. And I think you got a very aggressive retail recruitment approach, and it is it is very all or I say it's all encompassing how you you look at retail recruitment and the municipal government is a big part of a lot of, of what you do. So uh, and I, and you guys are very successful now that we're with COVID and, and you feel like retail sales are going to um, pick up. That means retail development is going to pick up again. So you guys are probably going to be pretty busy starting after the first year. What kind of changes are you going to – actually, I want you to do two things. I want you to talk about your process a little bit for our listeners and then talk about what, what kind of changes you see the retail coach going through in, in the uh, retail development. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, and I appreciate the kind words about the retail coach and, and what we do. But basically, we work with municipalities to help them number one, understand what are their retail opportunities? You know, can, can you support Chick-fil-A or can you support Costco? And then um, we do that analysis and then we go out and, and work with these communities to actual, actually recruit retailers and restaurants. So we're, we're making the phone calls to the prospects. We're, we're emailing them. We're, we're setting up in-person meetings. You know, anytime you can get a prospect, so whether it's a retailer or a developer, anytime you can get them to your community, it's a lot easier to sell them than it is, you know, just sending them maps and trying to get them to understand it that way. So that's really what we do is is we work with municipalities to help them do that. Um, what was that? What was that second part of the question you had asked there? Well, you're probably going to have to take a little bit of a different approach in your process after COVID. I'm kind of curious if you guys have thought of, I'm sure you have, but how's that going to look different from retail recruitment and development? Well, I think, you know, for the, for the, the last couple of years, what we focused on was, was new development and, you know, redevelopment played a role in that, but, but a lot of it was just new development, finding, uh, you know, 20 acre pieces of land, 30 acre pieces of land and, and, and working with the developer and a, and a handful of retailers to develop that land. Well, with the closings and, uh, you know, other things that have happened throughout COVID, I think we're going to see more of a focus on redevelopment. I think we're going to see a focus on how do we fill this 35,000 square foot Steinmark building? You know, and, and looking at it from that standpoint, um, movie theaters, movie theaters, how are we going to fill some of these huge movie theaters that are, uh, in a sense, dying right now and, and are closing down on a daily basis? So I think a lot of it's going to deal with just filling existing space, 
you know, redevelopment? Is it a shopping center that can be redeveloped that's not serving its highest and best use? So there's still going to be new development. Don't get me wrong there. But I think we're going to have to, as a company and as we work with our clients, really focus on what these new trends are. You know, for example, Burger King, they're doing a new, uh, really interesting concept, but a new concept where they're going to have three drive through lanes um, where that kind of circles the building. Um, they're going to have walk up. They're going to have to uh, pick up and where you they're actually going to have a walk up uh, window for you there, too. They're going to cook their burgers and, and all the meals upstairs. And then there's going to be outdoor dining upstairs. So I think what we're going to have to look at is these new concepts that are coming out and the new designs of the buildings, the the new parking requirements, the all of that. That's that's really going to really happen pretty quickly as we get into 2021. So, you know, really having to kind of rethink what we thought about what size lots or what, you know, what size properties these retailers need. I think you're going to see a lot of these retailers um, shrinking the size of their stores. You know, a good example would be Macy's. You know, Macy's is used to 60 to 100,000 or more square feet. They just rolled out their first uh, new concept that's only 20,000 square feet. So, they opened that in the in South Lake, Texas, actually. So I think there's just a lot of changes. And I think the, the biggest part for us at the retail coach is just trying to keep up with those changes and, you know, get in front of retailers and restaurants and, and really make those those deals happen. You know, I learned a long time ago, it's, it's not necessarily what you know, uh, but it's about who you know. And, and that's what we try to do with the retail coach is leverage our relationships. So if, if we have a great relationship with Chick-fil-A or a great relationship with again, Costco, and we've helped them locate 10 stores across the country, they're going to listen to us. So we've got to just kind of maintain and, and keep those relationships established because it, we're kind of getting into some uncharted territory uh, with these new concepts and these new designs. So you said something that I, I've got a question about. Now, sure. I like the idea of the Macy's going to a, a smaller uh, footprint. Is that does that potentially now open up a new market for a municipality? Say, because right now you only are seeing a Macy's in Oklahoma City and Tulsa or Lawton, you know, some large population. Is that going to open this up for a, a Choctaw or you know to, to potentially have? So I don't think immediately it will, but eventually yes. Um, if you think about this, um, you know, the biggest part of the you know, these larger Macy stores or these largest apartment stores are their overhead costs. I mean, their, their, their property costs, their employee costs and those sort of things. So with them shrinking the size of these stores, that those overhead costs go down. So um, we expect to see, uh, it'll be interesting. And, and Macy's might not be the greatest example because who knows what's going to happen with Macy's going forward. But a lot of these, a lot of these retailers are shrinking the size of what they're doing. So I, I think it is something to really pay attention to and, and really actually opens up some of your smaller to more medium sized communities to go after some of these retailers that, you know, what they wouldn't have had a shot with, you know, last year or five years ago. So I think it is going to open up some opportunities. Um, and then I think there's just going to be new concepts coming out that um, as we learn more and more about what the retail industry is going to look like, expect to see kind of a plethora of new concepts coming out, new brands that are coming out that are going to really kind of fulfill the needs that were left by some of these older brands that have gone away. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make my own guess here or uh, about, I think what we're going to see is some of these, and I think you're already seeing it. Some of these retail giants 
as a downsizer going to start adopting more of this Amazon model. Um, yeah. Amazon used to be a dirty word for municipalities, but since the Wayfair decision, we're not so mad at them because now we're getting the sales tax for okay. But it is still bad for, for Main Street. And I think if we start seeing people adopt this Amazon model, if they have the resources where, you know, and, and there's trucks moving all the time and product can be moving all the time. I, I think that's going to open up the opportunity for still brick and mortar. It's because the supply line is going to be constant. Yeah. So expect, I think you're exactly right. I mean, expect to see more warehousing or, uh, you know, fulfillment space as part of these, uh, as part of these retailers and restaurants. So, you know, I, I've seen in some communities where you have some of your big boxes, they've, they've actually scaled down their retail, uh, the retail floor plan and they've increased their warehousing so that they can deliver directly out of a retail store. So expect to see that. Um, it does open up an opportunity, though, I think, for a lot of municipalities that even with online sales growing, and, and like I said, I'm expecting this was a kind of a fluke year. We're expecting online sales to continue, but not at this rate. Um, I, I think it opens up communities to go after fulfillment centers because there's an opportunity um, that, you know, they they're going to have to fulfill these these retail orders somewhere. So, you know, adding to that retail recruitment strategy, not just brick and mortar retailers, but add fulfillment centers. There might be an opportunity, depending on where you're located, um, to look at that and, and go after those as well. I like that. So uh, I had a couple other questions. One of them, you, you, I really always like to end this on something positive, but you, sure. you kind of already gave me your outlook and I was, I was going to finish with that. So we kind of know where you feel like it's going. Um, so I don't want this to be too much of a downer as our last question, but uh, I think it's something that important that we need to talk about. We, we f have been focusing on Main Street. And right now, my impression is a lot of Main Street is on life support. What are your thoughts? Are we going to survive on Main Street or is, is it going to come back? Is it going to still be the Main Street we know and love or is it going to be something different? How do you see the Main Street local businesses? So I'll, I'll say I'm a big I mean, that's that's kind of where my heart is. I mean, obviously, we do a lot of recruitment with with regional and national retailers and restaurants. But we also focus at the retail coach on helping small businesses and, and working with municipalities to, to really build up their downtown areas or build up that heart heart of their community that small business so we're going to lose some i i think that's the only way to put it is we're going to lose some of these small businesses um retailers and restaurants but but those that are willing to evolve those that are willing to embrace you know the online aspect of it that are you know i, I can't tell you mike how many communities i go to and i look up some of their small businesses and they don't even have a website you know, they might have a small Facebook page or, or, or something like that, but they don't have a website. So I think in order to survive, these small businesses are just going to have to evolve and they're going to have to have websites. They're going to have to have, uh, you know, an e-commerce platform. They're going to have to sell outside of that, maybe sell through social media as well. So that's how they're going to survive. But but downtowns aren't going away. Um, the, the small business retail is not going away. It's just changing. So I think if we can get out of this and, and start pulling out of this, COVID-19, especially with the with the stimulus package that's coming in, I think we're going to be okay. Now, again, we're losing some, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the U.S. We've got, you know, the resilience we have. We're going to see new entrepreneurs come in. We're going to see new businesses and new restaurants come in. So you hate to see that, but uh, it's not going away. It's, it's always going to be a part of this, you know, of, of our kind of fabric, if you will, of, of, of the U.S. I mean, you're going to that small business plays such a huge role. Um, but anything we can do to help them. So municipalities, if, the, if there's, you know, chambers of commerce, if there's anything you can do to help your small businesses, 
they need it. Uh, but I do think the stimulus package will help. And if we can, you know, you know, fingers crossed, if we can get through COVID, you know, sooner than later, I think we'll be okay. Very good. Well, good. That wasn't too much of a downer of an answer. So I, I feel, feel a little bit better, but you're right. Good. The evolution of small business, um, they come, they come and go. Uh, we do our best from municipal government standpoint to really protect those, um, and and also uh, cultivate new small business. So I'm I'm really excited about one getting out of 2020 and to, and to see what 21 2021 has to offer. And I think we're going to get back on track pretty quick. So uh, listen, if you're a municipality out there uh, listening to the podcast. And you need some help with uh, your retail development. I, I highly recommend that you reach out to Aaron at the Retail Coach. You can find him online easily. Uh, this has been a great conversation, Aaron. I really appreciate you coming on our podcast, and we're definitely going to have you back uh, in the next season. So thanks for being a part of this today. Awesome. Yeah, Mike, thanks again. Uh, love doing it. Look forward to doing it again. And I uh, hope you have a, a great Christmas season. You too, buddy. Thanks for being on. Thanks for being on.